Hi, welcome to Online Marketing with John Lagadakis, where we talk about how to set up and run a successful online business, all the way from registering your first domain to setting up your website, SEO, sales funnels and sales copy, social media, lead generation, free and paid traffic methods, and much more. I hope you get a lot out of today's episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so very much for joining us. Our special guest today is Kate Payne. Thank you for joining us, Kate. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So Kate is a LinkedIn expert, uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, by the way. We're going to be talking about LinkedIn with Kate. Kate's going to help us out. Kate is the founder of StandingOutOnline.com, and Kate is from Stowe, Vermont. I'm sure it's a beautiful place. I've haven't been to Vermont, but no, we'll most probably be coming to the U.S. next year, and I'd love to get to Vermont. Uh, yes, we're in we're in peak fall foliage right now, and snow is not far off. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Sounds beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, so, Kate, tell us uh, and tell us a bit about yourself, Kate. So, before yeah, before we go into LinkedIn and how we can use LinkedIn uh, to help us in our online business, Kate, tell us a bit about who is Kate Payne, life growing up, key influences. Things, sort of things that shaped your life and sort of led you to where you are today. Okay, great. So I'm all about story. So I'm glad you, you ask about that because I'll be talking about that, about how one's personal story, even their background or decision to go into something really can actually be played up in their LinkedIn profile. So um, I was born and raised in, in Stowe, Vermont. And um, when I went to high school here, I decided to go off to college afterwards. And I ended up deciding to go to college in the Big Apple in New York City. And that was a big, big culture shock for me. Um, I grew up in a town here of 4,500. We're a famous ski resort area. But um, to go to live in New York City for four years on my own was, um, was a big doing. And it was something that was just uh, a huge turning point in my life. I wanted to go into broadcast journalism. I thought at the time, so this was back in like the um, mid to late 80s. So I'm really dating myself. <laughs> That uh, was long before digital um, internet, digital tape, things like that. I wanted to be an on-air you know, broadcast journalist, uh, news reporter. And um, then I ended up getting an internship through my college at the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather, who was the main anchor at the time in New York. So I was there for two and a half years in different internship uh, levels, doing both TV, radio, and learning writing and all of that. And um, I decided when I was at CBS that I actually did not want to be the on-air reporter and that I really wanted to be the person doing the research, being the producer, writing the stories, finding the stories, and um, helping people that way. I'm just curious myself. Why did you decide it wasn't for you being the person in front of the camera? Because I guess I felt like when I saw the reporters who were in front of the camera, they, while they were journalists and they had jobs to do, they were sort of like more worried about this, you know what I mean? Like how they looked and how everything was. Whereas the producers in the background or the videographers even behind the camera, there was a lot more creativity there. There was a lot more um, positioning. I don't know, it felt like more of a puzzle. So I guess I really liked that aspect of it. So I knew I could still be a writer. I knew it could be a researcher, but I could bring the creative side into it if I could be in the background. So um, that was what really uh, propelled me into actually a career in public relations um, and some marketing. And I was not the PR person that was the whitewash, you know, the like make everything look great if it wasn't. It was more about personal promotion um, and helping people to position themselves in a market that made sense for their product or service. So then over time, here I am now, and uh, I'm working with entrepreneurs, executives, uh, coaches, authors, 
consultants to help them position themselves online. Yeah, fantastic. And what's interesting to me, Kate, is why choose LinkedIn? So, because there's lots of different way places online that you can get in front of people, and I'm sure you use them too. I'm sure you don't oh, just yeah. use LinkedIn, yeah. uh, but but you you do teach a lot about LinkedIn. That is an area that you do spend a lot of your focus. Why why should why should people pay attention and use LinkedIn? Well, LinkedIn's been around since 2002, and it's been through many iterations over the years. And a lot of people, you know, most people, when they think of LinkedIn, they kind of go, oh, it's that annoying thing where I get a bunch of emails asking me to connect to people I don't know. You know, that's kind of the thing I get from people. But just like any tool, LinkedIn can be a really effective tool if used properly and strategically. So if you are trying to position yourself online, whether you're looking for a job or whether you're trying to um, pitch your product or your service, LinkedIn is a place where you can really build like a mini website for yourself aside from your website. Everybody has their website. They should have their website. They own their website because you don't own your Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter pages. Um, so you want to always have your, your home base on your website. But LinkedIn is another tool with more reach to reach more professionals, marketers, um, hiring managers if you're looking for a job. And so it's a place where your story can live and it feels right. It feels appropriate. In Twitter, you have, what, 140 characters. On Facebook, who knows if anybody's going to see it unless you buy an ad. Um, there's just so many other things. But LinkedIn is really a great, appropriate place to position yourself with your story and your professional expertise. And also, it's a super online platform to showcase your thought leadership on, on your industry expertise. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's some really great points you mentioned there because the other places like Twitter and Facebook, they're more, they are social. Whereas yes. LinkedIn, everyone knows it's work-related or business-related. Uh, and like you said, you can showcase your – you can add content there and, and get recommendations. People can – like I actually – it's interesting, and we're going to talk a bit about this, but um, I had a, a friend of mine who's got a very successful business. He was looking for a copywriter. And uh, um, I was on LinkedIn and I was going through my messages and I, I thought to myself, hey, wait a second. I've got lots of contacts here on LinkedIn. There's lots of people I can search on LinkedIn. You know, I did a search in LinkedIn for copywriter. I yeah. got so many results and a lot of them, because I have a lot of connections, a lot of them were even first connections. Yes. And, and what I did was I went through them all and I was able to read from their profiles. Did they specialize in that area that my client wanted uh, the copywriting done for? And I, yes, I found some that did specialize in that uh, niche. And then I could also look at their recommendations in their profile. And right. I chose, and so th that's a great example right there of the power it of is. LinkedIn. Um, and, and you know and, what? And while I'm thinking of it, I don't know if you're aware of there's a new tool since LinkedIn completely changed their user interface that they rolled out in the spring um, all over the world. They rolled it out. So everybody should definitely have it by now. I think it was fully uh, um, rolled out by June. And um, there's now a thing called ProFinder where people can go on for free. So if they are a copywriter, for example, or a graphic designer, they can um, set themselves up in the ProFinder app in LinkedIn so that if somebody goes in to use ProFinder to find somebody like a copywriter, that's another tool um, that they can be using to really stand out, to um, use that tool to be found so that people can come contract with somebody for that. So yeah. both ways work. Fantastic. And who is LinkedIn for, Kate? So is it for every business person or is it more for professionals because um, i for, why i ask this like for example i my brother's a painter 
And mm-hmm. I went on there and I did a search and I don't think I found any painters on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So who, who is it for? You make an excellent point. Yeah, if you're, um, if you're a painter or a contractor or a plumber or somebody like that, or you know, um, even if you own a pizza joint or something like that, um, you know, being on LinkedIn is not necessarily someplace you have to be doing business. But I will say this, I actually think everybody, even college students, should have a presence on LinkedIn, even at its most basic. And I'll explain why um, college students, for example, when they're going out into the real world, they're gonna be looking for apartments or they might be looking for a loan. So banks and landlords and people like that do, those, do research on people who are looking for that. And one of the places, if they type in your name, um, people who have a decent LinkedIn profile, LinkedIn will automatically pop up. That's the way the Google algorithm is and the LinkedIn algorithm. So that if they were um, checking them out to make sure they had good credit or had the job that they say they do on the ap- application, then that's a place where they can, they can check out. So you wanna have a good presence. It's sort of like what the phone book used to be years ago. I mean, it's kind of the place where people go to find the most basic information about somebody. But from a business standpoint, it's really professionals who can be on there. Now, if you're a pizza joint owner, but you're like the CEO and you have a pizza franchise, then you would wanna be on there because you are an expert in hospitality, restaurant, pizza. And so you can be a part of the business network from a being a small business owner, for example, and, and exemplify or showcase your industry expertise for that. But mostly for the professional uh, service people, people who own a pro- have a product to sell, that's certainly they belong there. But LinkedIn isn't a place just to try to sell a product. It's really a place to position yourself and your expertise and your knowledge. Um, because that's where you can write content. You can write articles. You can share other people's content so that people are learning about uh, what you know and learning from you about an area of interest that they may have. Yeah. And there's different places to you. This content that we're talking about that you can add. So you, you can post to your time, like your timeline, you can, but you can also yep. uh, publish or put links to your website. Uh, you can have a feed coming from your blog. You can also actually post articles. It's like a LinkedIn blog in a way. Yes, I've, exactly. done, I've done that. Can you talk a bit about that, Kate? What the different ways yes. people can add content? I'm really glad you brought that up because LinkedIn publishing, um, it's called long form publishing, which is LinkedIn's fancy way of saying blog. (laughs) Like you said, they also refer to it as writing an article. So the publishing feature is free. You can add, whether you're on the free version or the premium version of LinkedIn, you can publish an article. I would say anecdotally and even in statistical research I've done, if you are writing an article and posting it you know, from your profile page, you will probably increase your engagement and your ranking on LinkedIn by almost half, okay? It's that, it's, it's that helpful. People go to LinkedIn to read long form content. So like for example, if you're writing a blog, you might be told not to write more than 800 words or so, or 800 to 1,000. Um, on LinkedIn, actually, statistics show, research shows, people want to read things that are more like 1,000 to 3,000 words. They're, they're okay. It's like it's expected to be able to read longer content um, on LinkedIn because it's usually very valuable, deep-level type of content about someone's industry niche or something like that. So um, doing the article thing is a huge way to engage and really kind of lift your rankings up in LinkedIn search and to be found and uh, to do it on a regular basis. The other thing is too, I'll add quickly, is if you're already, already writing a blog for your website, you can repurpose that same blog without a Google slap 
or a LinkedIn slap for duplicate content, you can repurpose that on, um, on your LinkedIn articles page for your, from your profile page. And uh, you'll get a whole different level of engagement because the comments section there is so different than like the comments section on their blog, for example, and on a website. Because of course, as you probably know, John, a lot of people have turned, on that, turned off that comment section on their blogs because there was so much spam. Hmm. And uh, LinkedIn is relatively spam free when it comes to the articles. Yeah. And that's a great point that you mentioned. And I've done that too, where I've copied, I basically literally copied the yes. stuff that I've published Word on my blog. Yep. Put it on LinkedIn. Why not? Because another thing I noticed too, and I think the reason why, and you mentioned Kate, you get more um, exposure or more eyeballs on your content. Yes. Doing the, the LinkedIn post, sorry, instead of just on the timeline, actually posting a content, publishing right. content on LinkedIn is your connections get a notification saying, John, like has just posted a new article or published a new article. So they actually right. get a notification for that. And, and I've noticed that if I put something in my timeline, yeah, I'll get so many people look at it. But if I publish an article in LinkedIn, I'll get a lot more people looking at you it. Will. Yeah. And the other thing you can do too, to get even more, and a lot of people will just publish it. And of course, when they, when you, the people who are your first level connections get a notification, that you have written an article, you know, that's only if they happen to see it at that time. All right. So you kind of have to like hand sell the link to take people over a period of time, like a week after you publish. First of all, take the, take the URL, paste it into a private message and send out to like five influencers and say, Hey, would you help me amplify this article about X topic to, and you're, you'd be sending it to five people who are relevant to that industry and have them share it on their timeline. All right, or on their on their newsfeed, and have them have the link there. So if you get people to sort of do favors and, and kind of walk that that link through for you, you'll get a lot more eyes on it too. And LinkedIn in the back end, from the algorithmic standpoint, rewards you for that because then you're taking that link, and you should also be using it in Twitter and Facebook and all those things. So um, you know, have half of them go to your blog on your website, and have half of them go to your LinkedIn profile page article. Yeah, great advice. You get a lot of more reach. Now, another way to get more reach is, or there's two ways that maybe you can comment on, Kate, and one is getting more connections and maybe even having a premium profile. So, so can you talk a bit about what's the difference between a premium and a free profile? Uh, who would a premium profile would be suited for? And also maybe some tips about getting more connections on LinkedIn. Yes. Okay, so those are two separate questions. <laughs> sorry, so, um, sorry, I'm bombarding no, you. No, it's fine. They go together, but I'm just going to separate them out. So the first part of your question is, what's the difference between the free and the premium account? So back before the new user interface rolled out, which was an extremely bumpy, very frustrating rollout for just about every um, average to power user of LinkedIn in the spring, um, used to be that the, there was a big difference, a significant difference between the free and the premium. Um, and so the premium would allow you to have more, be able to see more people, have more connections and things like that. Um, now when they changed it all around, they made it more expensive. So the premium is now more expensive than it used to be by 20 to $30 a month, depending on the tier that you go for. Um, the premium actually doesn't really allow you to do that much more than the free version. And this is a big point of contention with people who are using LinkedIn is that they've, they've, they're kind of starting to make this um, more pricey, especially for job seekers. They actually, just quick sidebar, job seekers used to have what's called a job seeker account for $30 a month, $29 a month. 
They no longer call it job seeker. They now call it career account. And now it's $49 a month. And it doesn't allow you to do anything more really than the free version, except to see more than the people you may know to see second level connections and more um, before you used to be able to see any level. But now it's like they've really, really closed it in because they're trying to get everybody to pay for the high-end version. So um, the premium, there also used to be in the old one, you had the advanced search feature so that you could do all kinds of searches for the types of people you were trying to find, um, whether they were going to be potential prospects for your business or perhaps hiring managers, for example. Um, now that's all changed. First of all, in the new rollout, they made the search feature less robust. And if you want to get the full feature of search, then you have to get Sales Navigator, which is um, about almost $1,000 a year. So it's pricey. So now um, in the premium versus the free, you can do three saved searches. So um, that's what you have to work with. And so if you have a search, you can save it, then clean it out, and then you can go back and you can do three more. That's kind of how that works. And then you end up exporting files. So I'm getting a little bit into the weeds here, but that's really, um, that is where the differences lie. So you can, if you're going to be a very basic user, you'll be fine with free, but you may want to go into the next level of premium on the lowest level that you can get, which I think is 40 a month, and um, to be able to do even more and get more out of it. Mm. Second part of your question, I think, was about getting more connections. Yes. Thank yes. You. Oh, okay. So um, to get more connections, well, the nice thing is, and there are a lot of good things about the new user interface is that messaging is much easier now. In fact, there's a real-time messaging feature in LinkedIn. So like in Facebook, if you have Messenger, um, you know, it just pops up. Same thing in LinkedIn. But now when you go to invite somebody, um, you, you, the number one thing I will say, always, always, always invite somebody to connect from that person's main page. Don't do it where they pop up saying people you may know and you click the, the connect button. You can do that, but then it sends the default join my LinkedIn network message, which is just kind of icky. So take the time to go to that person's page and connect from their page, and then it'll pop up saying, would you like to add a note? You should always write a note, even just one sentence. Why you want to connect with them. You have a mutual connection. You heard them speak. You read their blog, anything like that, because that also builds a conversation which will help you build your connection so that you get more relevant um, meaningful connections in, in, your, um, in your network. And that's what it's all about. So use that messaging feature to connect. And if you accept somebody's um, request, it now pops up saying, would you like to reply to John, who just invited me to connect, and say yes and say, hey, thanks for the invitation to connect. Let me know if I can answer any questions about LinkedIn, if it was from me, for example. Because then you're opening up a, a way to have a dialogue and a conversation rather than coming across as salesy, or just not responding at all and kind of acting like it doesn't matter. So there's a little bit of etiquette there that really um, is really beneficial and that's what does help build relationships to then build your network. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of a time, you know, it takes time. <clears throat> the slow dance, as I say. Yeah, yeah. These, those are really good points. And LinkedIn is very powerful, especially the more relevant connections you get. You can contact these people and people are more likely to respond and respect who you are when the, when you contact them through LinkedIn versus if you contact them through email because right. with LinkedIn again it's a professional network they can see who you are when when you send someone a message they can check you out they can check your right. profile out so what I found is I give an example like where I use LinkedIn when I was building up my digital marketing agency 
uh, and what I did was I was looking for business owners within specific niches and yeah. I would approach them and say, Hey, um, this is what I do. Uh, would you, and I actually, I, I did a bit different. I didn't approach the business owner and say, Hey, would you like to be a client? I, I would <laughs> say to them, this is what I do. I've, um, do you know of anyone that's, that needs someone to help them with their Google AdWords or with their Facebook right. ad campaign? So, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not having to, them to give me a yes and no. Because I'm exactly. Asking, You're not putting them on the spot. Not putting them on the spot. Now, if I was to do that via email to business owners, it would get ignored. Trust exactly. me. Exactly. No one's going <laughs> to no read my emails. But when you do it through LinkedIn, it's totally the opposite. That's why LinkedIn is so powerful. It's such a powerful thing for building your business. That's one way you could use it. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, people will look at my profile. Before they respond to me, they're going to check me out. Of Can course they are. The I mean, that's just the way it is. That's how maybe people do buyer's research now. That's part mm -hmm. of research. You're search, researching the person. Yes. Yes. So can you give us, Kay, can you give our listeners some tips on what they should be including in their profile? Yes. I want to just add one more tip though, because another uh, aspect of building those connections and building those relationships or either nurturing existing relationships with your first level connections or trying to get those second level connections to become first level connections is for example, if you had written an article about Google AdWords, say John, if you know that that might be in, of interest to a specific person in your network or to a mutual connection of someone who's a first level, say, hey, um, I heard you might be, or I think you might be, or perhaps you would be interested in reading this article I wrote about Google AdWords. Any questions, if you have them, let me know. And then you've put it out there. They don't have to respond. You've actually given them value. So um, I always talk about um, that I've heard from my business coaches, um, offer value, invite engagement. And that's really, you know, what it's all about. So as far as some top tips, uh, most everybody looks at their LinkedIn profile. They go through to the back end and they fulfill all the various sections that they need to fulfill. And they do it in a way that's very um, like resume-ish, almost like they do a cut and paste version of their hard copy resume or CV and they just kind of cut and paste all of that stuff into LinkedIn. That is like a major bad practice. <laughs> um, you want your LinkedIn profile, look at your LinkedIn profile as a place where you have a conversation with somebody. So speak in the first person, speak conversationally, be you and write in a way that is conversational and um, just authentic because people are gonna really relate to that. So approach it from that standpoint. Um, also, tell a little bit of a story about yourself. We talked about this at the beginning. It's what I call your slice of life story or a little nugget. So you, John, asked me about mine. So I start off my profile about my little story of being in New York City and being an intern at the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather. That was a, you know, a big deal. He was a worldwide anchor for you know, 15, 20 years. And so that was a big deal for me. And it makes, gives people a visual of something to know and relate to to kind of put me in that story. Then I take that story and I weave it into what I do for a living, which is what I kind of did with you. And I talk about, so here's what I do now. So a lot of people, they could take a look at, um, did they go to college for one thing? Perhaps they went in and they were like a fine arts student and then they ended up as a CEO of a digital marketing company. There's a story of how that happened. Um, perhaps they share, um, maybe they're, part of a nonprofit organization or a cause like cancer, for example. And so they've got a lot of knowledge about being an advocate for cancer research. Maybe they tie that into what, why they're the executive director of a nonprofit agency, for example. 
So think about those kinds of things that can give you a story and then use that story to hook people in to want to learn more about you from the professional side. And the other tip I'll give, this is just a lot of people overlook this and it relates to story is don't overlook adding your volunteer experience. A lot of people go volunteer experience. Why? Well, your volunteer experience is a way of telling a story for you without you having to write about it. You're showing how you engage with your community. You're showing about something that means something to you. And so by um, showing your involvement with that cause or volunteer effort is another way of showing who you are as a person beyond just your professional, you know, face. Mm -hmm. So um, telling a story, keeping it interesting, not having it be a cut and paste version of your resume and um, uh, adding that volunteer section is, is helpful. There's a lot more having a really great profile photo, not mm -hmm. out of focus and bad lighting. Um, not, and, you know, and, and make sure, photo. sorry, I'll just say, make sure you actually do upload a photo because I'll tell you what happens to me, Kate, people, yes. people connect with me every day, like inv uh, ask to connect with me every day. And I'll right. look through if there's no profile photo immediately, ignore. Uh, well, you decline. know what? Most people who are like you and who are savvy will not connect with somebody um, if there's no photo. Yeah. I mean, why not? If you're putting yourself out there, put yourself out, th self out there and do it, you know, in a way that works for you. Be yourself. You don't have to be in a suit and tie or dress or whatever. Um, you know, be who you are for your industry, but have it be in focus. In fact, I always say, and also make sure the photos like from the 21st century, <laughs> yeah, and not from like, you know, yeah. 15 years ago or three years ago when you were 30 pounds lighter. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, invest in having somebody uh, take your, a professional picture or at least have a friend who really knows how to use a camera well to take, a, to take some decent shots. Yeah. So um, that's really important. And it sounds like it's obvious, but so many people overlook it or don't do it well. Mm. And I think some, uh, I mentioned earlier in the example when I was looking for a copywriter, I, I really took a note of the, uh, endorsements. So there's two, there's two things in LinkedIn in your profile. You've got endorsements where people can basically say you're, you're skilled at this thing. Yes. And then you've got uh, test like testimonials. I'm not sure what that's. They recommendations. That's Thank the recommendations. Thank you. Recommendations. I, I would highly recommend to everyone get as many recommendations as you can. Cause like I said, when I was looking for that copywriter, the more recommendations they had, I was like, yep, I, I want to use that person. I mean, it was, I looked at other things too. Don't get me wrong. But I, I paid a lot of attention to recommendations. Well, recommendations, frankly, endorsements, um, which is where like you have the, the, the number builds up next to the skill and it shows how many people have endorsed you. Um, endorsements is kind of a gimmick in my opinion, in my personal opinion. It's kind of a, I, I kind of equate it to the like button on Facebook. Um, it's just, it's there. In fact, LinkedIn has de-emphasized the endorsements feature and I wouldn't be surprised. This is just my speculation. I wouldn't be surprised with if within the next year or two, they get rid of endorsements altogether. Still need the skills list because that's SEO right there. A lot of that stuff that you put in there, those keywords and search terms that are relevant to your profession um, do get found and ranked in SEO. But the recommendations, it's, it's like a personal testimonial for you. And um, when you do ask somebody for a recommendation, first of all, they do have to have a LinkedIn profile in order for it to show up on your LinkedIn profile. Um, but ask them to speak to something specific about you, not just, hey, would you give me a recommendation? Because then they're going to write something like, wow, John's great. He's uh, really good with people, shows up at work on time, and um, was great to work with. Well, you, excuse me, if you get 10 of those, you know, you're not really saying much about you. But if you take five of those skills out of the 25 of your list and you say, okay, here's this skill, 
digital marketing. Of course, you'd be more um, focused on some aspect of that. And then contact a client. Say, hey, would you mind writing me a recommendation about the time we worked on X project when I was using this skill? So that then they write about that and then it's much more specific. And again, tells a story through someone else's voice for you. That's a fantastic tip. And that's exactly what happened when I was looking at the recommendations. There were specific things that they talked about, about yeah. specific results that they achieved that really caught my interest. So, yeah, excellent, right. excellent tip. Now, well, this- as you know, John, with digital marketing, um, you know, it's all about people in this day and age. They don't necessarily care if you've been doing something for 20 years. They want to know what the outcome is. What can you, what's the problem you can solve for them? And they want to know that they're going to be making a buying decision based on outcome. Um, so if you can talk about the outcomes you provide for people and pain points you resolve, that's where you're going to really shine, whether you're on LinkedIn or you're about me page. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Now, there's a couple of more things about LinkedIn um, that I, I know is available. You've got company pages or company profiles and also groups on LinkedIn. Um, Can you talk a bit about those, Kate, and what value they could add to to a business or to Um, a person? Sadly, groups are not anywhere near as robust as they used to be on LinkedIn. And um, some of that has to do with the new UI. And some of it just has to do with the fact that groups were really, really popular for a while. And then they got very, very spammy. And so a lot of people got really turned off by them. So then the group administrators now had to, every group was private. So anytime you wanted to be part of a group, you couldn't just join, you have to request, which is not a bad thing because then you're getting into a moderated group. That's not so bad. But more and more people have found that that's just um, uh, a little more limiting. So groups are kind of going by the wayside a little bit on LinkedIn. Now there are still some really active groups. So if you already have belong to some, stick with them. But don't be surprised if some of them start to slip away that are not as well moderated or have as many people. Um, they're a great place to listen. So if you belong to a group, you don't necessarily participate. Great place to listen and hear the, about the conversation and, and kind of pay attention to what's being talked about, trends, things like that. Um, but f- then groups became so popular on Facebook, and those have grown to be even easier to use. That Some of those groups that were really well doing well on LinkedIn have actually moved over to Facebook. So that's kind of just a, um, I'm sure, like a who knows what's going to happen with groups kind of thing. As far as, um, what was the other? The company pages or company profiles, yeah. Yes. So company pages are still, I find that with um, the people I work with, I really think that company pages work the best for those really big companies, really big. Um, You know, and I don't don't necessarily mean... number of employees, I'm talking like, what is their product? Like a company page for Uber is um, a great idea. A company page for standing out online, I don't need that because I am my brand. So um, a company page though is really kind of a one-way dialogue. It's sort of like you broadcasting out to your followers. The way you can make a company page work well without having to pay to play, which is what they've done now, is to use your team, your staff, your, your team, as brand ambassadors to engage with the content on the company page. So for example, if the marketing team has uploaded a blog, weekly blog to the company page, get your team, encourage your team to um, take that URL and post it on their LinkedIn timeline, their own personal stuff, get them to comment on the company page and have conversation going on on the LinkedIn company page because otherwise they're a little bit static. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
frankly, if you want to do what's called the lifestyle version or the careers page, you have to pay for it now. There's two levels of service. It's either 10,000, that's US, 10,000 a year or 25,000 a year. So it is not cheap. Wow. It's a big investment. So most people need to find creative ways to use company pages now, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different way of, uh, uh, it's a different approach. Mm. Yeah, I've, I do have a company page, but I, I haven't never really, like yourself, I uh, don't, haven't really done much with it. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think I initially created it because with, when I was testing out LinkedIn paid advertising, Yes. Uh, and for some of the ads, you have to have a company page to link your ad to. Correct. So this, this, well, when I tested it out a while back, there was two ways. You can have the side ads, mm-hmm. like the little ads on the side, and yes. you can, or you can have the ads in the news feed. And in the news feed, you have to have the company page to link it to. I, I didn't get great results from when I tested LinkedIn ads. I, I don't know if you have you ever used them much yourself. I don't or touch clients. LinkedIn ads. You know, if you ever want to do a podcast uh, guest, you should look up AJ Wilcox. He's in Washington state and he is the LinkedIn ads guy. And he's a great person to have on because a lot of people ask about those. They um, are typically very expensive, but he knows of really effective ways for smaller businesses to be able to benefit using LinkedIn ads. So if you ever want to look him up, he's easy to find online. It's AJ Wilcox. Um, He's the like LinkedIn ads guru. (laughs) But, um, but, that's another, it's kind of like Facebook ads, you know, it's another whole separate marketing mm. campaign and uh, you need to do your research and know what you're doing. But company pages are still useful. Of course, smaller businesses, smaller to large size businesses are, that are using them are using them mostly to find candidates for jobs. Um, and so they can use it just for that if that's what they want to do. It's almost like if just like with anything online, if you're going to have a presence, make sure you nurture it. If you're only going to do one thing, then just do the one thing and don't try to do anything else. Because then if you look like you've, you know, kind of been uh, sticking your toe in and out, then it doesn't really serve you well. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. So, Kate, um, again, so we've been uh, listening or been with Kate Payne today, LinkedIn expert. Thank you so much for everything you shared so far. Was there any final thoughts, things that maybe we haven't talked about or things you wanted to emphasize, Kate, before we end today's episode? Um, I will bring up the fact that LinkedIn now has what's called native video. Um, It just rolled out about in the last five to six weeks, actually. And um, it started out on on just on mobile. So if you use the mobile app of LinkedIn, there's a little um, video camera icon there. And you can record within the app. You can do a LinkedIn Live. Um, It's not Facebook Live. It's not live streaming. But it does record in the app, and then you can automatically upload it to your LinkedIn page. More and more people are using that. And if you are a service professional, um, coach, author, entrepreneur, that kind of thing, it's a great way to be able to put out your thought leadership. So you have to do more than a minute, but less than 10 minutes. There is a, there is a, um, a limit. Um, but it also is now available on the desktop. So if you go into your newsfeed at the top where the camera icon is, there's a little video camera icon, and you can record from the desktop there too. So... Um, that's a great new feature. I've been using it more and more for LinkedIn tips that I used to base basically write articles for, but LinkedIn is all over video. And so if you are incorporating video into your LinkedIn presence, um, your ranking is going to go right up. And, and of course, Google loves video as well. So, yeah, that's a great tip. I didn't know that. And that's the fantastic thing about that is I've noticed when I post stuff, let's say for example, on Facebook, 
If I yeah. post a text update, hardly anyone looks at it. If I post right. a, if I post an image of like a photo or something, more people look at it. But if you put video, everyone oh, wants yeah. to look at it. So video is definitely the way to go, and it's a lot easier. Like you said, it's it's a lot easier to do a a, yeah. a video rather than to sit there and type content. And oh, look, you can do both anyway. If you you can still right. do the written content, it doesn't stop you from doing that. But you know, that's a, that's a great advancement. So great tip. there. You can you. also, if you just record um, a video on your phone, like in your regular video app, whatever, it doesn't have to be in the LinkedIn app. So if you record a video like on your iPhone or your droid um, and that clip saves to your camera roll, you can actually upload a video into your LinkedIn timeline. So it doesn't have to be done in the LinkedIn native app. So you can either do one or the other. So it's nice to have that, um, that choice. And uh, I have been doing, let me see, I've done two in the last two weeks. The first one I did, I got uh, about 1,700 views in about three days. And those are wow. real authentic views. Wow. And I did another one last week, and I had, I've had about seven or 800 on that one. So um, it's, it, and hap, I'm getting 100 to 200 within just a few hours after posting it. And it's not just because I'm a LinkedIn expert and, you know, I mean, this is the kind, these are the kinds of results that, that average people are doing, but do it well, make sure that, you know, if you're going to use your camera, don't be shaky, you know, put it on some type of tripod or have somebody hold it or something. Uh, make sure it's well lit, make sure the audio is good. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect, but make sure it's decent. Otherwise people aren't going to, aren't going to listen or watch as you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent advice. Thanks so much. One thing I too wanted to just to sort of close off mentioning is that a great reason you want to use LinkedIn besides everything we've talked about is that LinkedIn is the 28th most used website in the world. 28? Uh, yeah. I just, really? I just checked the, the rankings for it. So the massive, uh, like we're talking tens of millions of active users. Um, so massive exposure. Uh, it's it an excellent platform. So I really appreciate Kate, you being with us today, uh, really appreciate you spending the time and everything you share with us has been very, very valuable. I've learned a lot. I know our listeners have also. Again, if you want to reach out to Kate in any way to work with Kate or learn more from her, you can go to Kate's website, standingoutonline.com. That's the best way to contact you, Kate. Yes, uh, through my website or you can email me at Kate, K-A-T-E, at standingoutonline.com. On Twitter, I'm at um, at kpain66, and uh, on LinkedIn at Kate Payne. So connect with me on LinkedIn, and if you have any LinkedIn questions, I'm always happy to answer a, a quick question or two uh, through my LinkedIn profile. Excellent. So again, thanks so much, Kate, and I want to thank everyone as well for being here today on this episode. Okay, thank you, John. It was really, really nice chatting with you. Hey, John Legadakis here. If you got something out of today's episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast as each week I'm releasing valuable and up-to-date content and interviews. Also, there is a transcript of today's episode as well as links to all the resources we mentioned on my website, johnlegadarkus.com. On my website, you'll also find a lot of great free resources to help you get more traffic and leads for your business as this is my specialty, i.e., helping local businesses generate leads through Facebook and AdWords campaigns. My website again is johnlegadarkus.com. Thanks again for joining me today. I really appreciate it. This is John Legadarkus signing off. I'll see you next time.